Hi, I'm Graham Lasso, and you're listening to Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat with Chris, Craig, and Brady. Welcome to the Eat, Sleep, Chelsea, Repeat pod. On today's pod, we review an encouraging but ultimately frustrating 2-2 draw with Arsenal at the bridge. We'll check our thermometers to take some knee-jerk form temperatures and we'll check in on our fantasy football FPL league. I'm Chris and as always I'm joined by my brother Craig and my good friend Brady. How's it going boys? How are we feeling? Well, it's been a while after since the game, so... We've obviously had to delay it because you, you, we scored two goals at home and you've uh, you've lost your voice because of it. So, yeah, a, a late reaction, so it simmered down a bit, but, yeah, still still feeling a little sour. Yeah, I think, like, singers we're going to have to start managing our voices. We've had Liverpool at home and Arsenal at home and we've had to delay the pod, but anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think sometimes you've got to take the positives in life and in this game. It was a, ultimately, it was a signal, wasn't it? It was a day of comebacks. I mean, England... We're ahead in the rugby and then came back and uh, things like that. So, yeah, but I think you've got to take the positive despite the last 15 minutes of the game. So I'm pretty positive about the, the team going forward, personally. Yeah, so Chelsea obviously drew the game 2-2, having been 2-0 up in the game with um, not a very long time left. I think it was about 13 minutes left in the game. So disappointing, definitely. Um, the game, Chelsea actually had 44 possession to Arsenal's 56 as a total, um, 81% pass actually for Chelsea, four shots on target out of the 10 we had, and just one save from Sanchez of the three that were on target um, for Arsenal. Um, how did we see it from the sort of setup uh, going into the game? Well, we we had to deal with a lot of Issues before the game, I think Posh, obviously off the, off the back of a, a grueling international break, had to make a lot of team decisions. Jackson wasn't deemed fit enough, I guess, to start, but it was possible also that it was a tactical thing that he decided. We we sort of lined up defensively in this four four two, with Gallagher and Palmer playing almost up top, but Mudrick and Sterling providing the the width and the maybe attacking threat in behind. It was very very unique, and it worked really really well. We completely nullified. Arsenal and their main threat in my opinion in, in Odegaard I thought he had a really really quiet game and that was in large part due to sort of the tactics that we employed in the game which we'll we'll talk about later but yeah a really really impressive performance overall just very very disappointing to, to for it to run out 2-2 after being 2-0 up. Yeah I mean I think the main approach in this game when you look at it was actually stifling Arsenal I mean we'll talk about Odegaard I guess I mean you talk about it getting lost in the Bermuda Triangle. He got lost in the Chelsea box. I mean, he, he could have had a deck chair. He barely had a touch. I mean, he's their playmaker and we really nullified him. And I mean, their wingers barely had a kick. And although I think that came at the sacrifice of some attack influency. So we only had 0.2 XG in the second half. Which is a bit surprising, actually, looking at the chances we had, especially with the Cole Palmer chance when Raya gave it away in the second half and a couple of half chances for Nick Jackson. But... I think Poch set the team up really well, and I think he took Arteta by surprise a little bit. I think they're um, they're friends, almost like family, off the pitch, and maybe he knows a lot about Arteta's game, and maybe use that inside knowledge. But yeah, he definitely surprised into uh, Arteta after the international break, and but for a very you know uh, well discussed uh, mistake by Rob Sanchez, I think we would have won the game. So you got to look at that, and we got to think that going going in before the game. There was a lot of predictions in the pub before about, you know, two one to Arsenal, one one maybe if we can. So yeah, I mean I think it was a I think it was an okay result, but just in a kind of a kind of bitter way, I'd say. Yeah. Speaking of Odegaard, this was actually in the Premier League, I'll say, because uh, he had uh, fewer touches against Sevilla um last night, but this was the the fewest amount of touches he's had in a Premier League game it was against Chelsea, thirty seven touches. Um, 80 being the most he's had at home to Nottingham Forest so definitely that box midfield working quite well with Caicedo, Enzo, Gallagher and, and Palmer um, I, I, I think we could have done more I think we had a lot of the ball um, in, in good areas Arsenal obviously had their moments 
Um, and when I think we kind of allowed them to have the ball sort of, I guess, kind of near the halfway line um, for, for large moments when they did have possession, I thought we, like you said, nullified them. But I thought when we went forward, I thought we were a little bit disjointed still. It still feels like we've got a lot of good players and, and that isn't always flowing in the right way as a team. So hopefully that can improve. But overall, you have to say it was encouraging. There were some really good performances in there, which is, is good to see, which we'll obviously talk about in the temperature section. Um, but yeah, shame we couldn't get the win. I think that's obviously the, the real disappointing thing. And we, we haven't beaten a, a top, was it a top six team um, in a long time? And it's just another game that's gone by where we haven't done that, unfortunately. I would say though it's our best performance against a top six team for the last time I can remember. I mean, I, I mean, if you compare it to like the Grand Potter one nil to Arsenal last year, where we got like you know minus XG basically, was absolutely terrible. And you know, Arsenal fans remember outside the pub they were saying, you know, oh, I'm worried about this game, and they were like, oh, we got you know, I couldn't believe that we were worried about this poor team. I mean, we've come a long way since then, and considering there's only nine games in, the, 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 I think you're looking at it. There's two ways of looking at it. Chris, you're looking at more, you know. We've got 12 points from nine games, not really good enough. And top five, four or five is already looking not not shaky, but like a bit of a challenge. And then you're looking at the, the, the you know, the outside, the behind the scene metrics and we're doing really well. So it depends really what side of the narrative you fall on, I suppose. Yeah, I, I've been personally really, really surprised and impressed with the, the sort of in-game uh, tactics that Posh has used in different games. We've changed a lot of systems actually pre-season to the start of the season to now and they've all worked and looked really, really good, which is a really good sign. I, I was a little bit afraid, I guess, with the, the Posh hire that for some reason I associate Posh and Mourinho sort of, I guess, that era maybe of, of being managers and maybe getting slightly left behind by managers like Arteta, um, Guardiola um etc and whether he'd be a bit old-fashioned with with uh, some of this stuff but actually i think you're watching in these games that tactically we're we're competing really really well with these teams and yeah like you said i think he surprised arteta with how we set up on um on saturday and he had no clue how to adjust to that and in fact arsenal resorted to last 10 minutes just sort of launching long balls up to kai havertz that was that was what they they had to do to to end up to to try and get any attacking threat in the game. So really really impressive overall performance from Posh and, and unfortunately just didn't get the result that he deserved. Yeah, I think he's had a bit of a reboot. I think I was concerned about that as well. Obviously PSG, you don't really count the time, and then you, the Spurs job was like three four years ago when he lost his job. So he's definitely you know Posh two point a little bit. And if you look at uh, Jamie Carragher on Monday Night Football, he had a really interesting stat where in the last you know. For, from the 66 minutes onwards, we actually increased our possession and what I think uh, field tilt, which I think is uh, possession, but not not included in the middle third, I believe. And in in that in that period, they only had like um, I think they had only seven touches in the box, and so like really they they weren't really like you know dominating the game in any sense. We actually gained quite a lot of control by Nick Jackson coming on, uh, looking at the game, and watching it again. So. Although we, I think the attacking threat died a little bit in the second half, which was a shame, but we were really in almost complete control, really. And, you know, just looking at it from a sort of, again, like a macro way, just, you know, if goalkeeping, we could talk about Rob Sanchez later, probably, probably being attempts. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we made a mistake. If he doesn't do that, I, I think we just win the game. I mean, they might get a consolation, but they kind of, it's like a snowball effect. They built momentum. And, you know, if we went to 80, 85, they just would have gave up at 2 0. So they they took a lot of their tackles off. They took Martinelli off, etc. So um, yeah, it was just one of them. And um, I think you know nine 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 and a half times out of ten we win that game in the game state that it was. But it's just a shame that we didn't. And that's kind of how our season's gone a little bit result wise. Sorry, one one big chance for Arsenal in that game was obviously the the Trossard goal. So very 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 impressive to limit them defensively. I know obviously can focus on both sides of the ball, but defensively I think we're really really on it this season. I think there's a there's a big part of not winning that game, which I think is being missed. And I think you only really feel it when you're at the stadium. And that was obviously Sanchez has made the mistake. It was a really good finish from Declan Rice, you have to say. Um, a really difficult finish from there. Um, but as soon as the goal goes in, you feel the atmosphere changing. You don't feel like we're in control anymore. The confidence is sucked out of the ground. There was an inevitability about Arsenal scoring, I think. 
And even after they scored, they, they created another really good chance in Ketia. I, I wouldn't agree that and, there was an inevitability about Arsenal scoring. I, I didn't think they looked like scoring at all, actually, before that. Well, I mean, we definitely didn't look like scoring either, but we, <clears> we, just, we just lost all of our momentum in the game. And I think that comes from the atmosphere that's been set up at the stadium, from the results that have come at the beginning of the season, obviously the results that have come last season. But we haven't installed any confidence in the fans, in the players, and especially the players. And I think that still comes from the manager. And there was no belief, I don't think, in our team that we were really going to hold on to that win. And we were just getting deeper and deeper into our own box towards the end. And the goal comes from, you know, almost all of our team are in the box and they still manage to score. And I just don't, I still feel there's a, there's a problem with this team that we haven't got that belief and cohesion and I still think that's missing and I don't know what we need to do to get it. I mean I would say even under like two core, I remember Wolves are, Wolves are home where they scored one and when they're definitely going to score another one. I think sometimes you can just feel it and they change your momentum and I think I don't know if you're like two 0 up against any big team. I mean Arsenal are probably the top you know top two teams in maybe the top three or four teams in Europe at the moment I suppose statistically in the top two teams in the country. There is an inevitability of like right you know they could definitely get back in it with given the doorway in. I think it was against a lesser team. I do know what you mean, but I also think it's on the fans a little bit personally to kind of get behind the team and go again. But like we, like we said, like the crowd haven't really built the relationships with the players or the manager. Yet. I think that'll just come in time. They're only nine games in. I think if you're like 29 games in, hopefully, you know, the, the relationships will be cemented. There'll be a bit more trust. But yeah, I know what you mean. There was a little bit of a, a sort of inevitability and a sort of doomed nature about it, I suppose. Well, let's talk about the players. Let's talk about temperatures. Time to see whose form's on top Who's heating up, whose temperature's dropped Who's been playing well and who's not It's freezing, warming up, boiling hot I think I'm up first this week uh, I think in the freezer <laughs> It's probably the easiest one of the... Uh, the uh, the round. Um, oh, no hype for this guy this week. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, I did actually probably have another freezer, but he got out. Your voice, your voice is quite quiet this week because you've lost it, but will your opinions be loud? Let's see. <laughs> I thought Robert Sanchez, uh, well, the mistake was was very bad. Um, I, I don't really understand. You know, I watched it back. I don't really understand what happened. He looked like he passed it to Enzo and then he wasn't even looking. Um, yeah, it was just awful. I actually thought you could have done better for the second goal as well. Um, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, I think it went through. Could have gone out. It, yeah, it, it was so a really cool. good cross from Saka. He maybe could have gone out yeah. as well, but yeah, I think he could have done a bit better. I think overall, although although <laughs> the first the first one was definitely on him. Second one, maybe there was, there was some other issues going on, but yeah, he he was definitely the the worst player on the pitch probably for the last 13 minutes I thought he was not too bad before that but he probably cost us the game so well he didn't have anything to do before that I mean, Arsenal didn't have a shot barely in the in the game until that point so um yeah I mean it's hard to be too too unimpressed with him when he when he's got nothing to do but yeah the I, I actually think Conor Gallagher could do better for the the first goal as well um very slow to react if you look at the um the zoomed out angle he's actually pretty similar position to Declan Rice when the ball gets kicked and he, he's very slow to react. So yeah, I, I would also apportion some of that blame of that goal to, to Gallagher as well. I just think we'll have a bit of a macro conversation about goalkeepers. I mean, the uh, quote from Alex Cook, uh, Crook on Talk Sport, he said on, on next, and you can follow us on next actually, uh, Eat Chelsea, we're, we're nearly at 2,000 followers. If you could follow us and support the pod, that'd be great. Um, I said I was right behind the dugout and a couple of minutes before uh, Rob Sanchez's error that led to the goal. The goalkeeping coach, Tony Jimenez, gave him a berating for kicking the ball long and pointing it to a side where he should uh, uh, pass it short to the left-hand side. And a few minutes later, we tried to do that and Declan Rice ended up uh, scoring. There's loads of pressures on these goalkeepers to be to beat Edison, to beat Edison. And Lee and Tooney said on the Straight Out Common podcast something I completely agree with. They're not equipped to, to play in this modern era, some of these goalkeepers. I mean, we talk about Nana uh, at Manchester United. Basically bought for uh, you know being good in his feet. Not a good goalkeeper. Same as David Raya. 
good of his feet, not a good goalkeeper. And we saw that when he got chipped by from Mudrick by basically from the corner flag. Um, we, there's a bit of a real revolution. I think I just think it's harsh on goalkeepers where. I don't think they. I think in Spain um, they they actually do a lot of the uh, first team training with the team and the ball at their feet. I think I don't think we do that in England, and they're inspected in very very high pressure situations. You know, Poch wants the, you know the, the 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 ball to go to Enzo and Caicedo through the middle, one of the most highest you know the highest variants. If you give it away, it could be a goal, and that's just what happened. And to be honest, there's been a few mistakes from Sanchez. Uh, re, um, it's basically been coming like. Against Brighton, he could have given a goal away. There's been a couple of, I think, against Fulham, it happened. Even in the first half, he had a little bit of a moment. I just think it was a. Sh- I think I think you're going to get three or four of these a season from goalkeepers, personally, especially maybe from Sanchez, who's a bit younger. And I just think it was a bit unfortunate. I'm not really going to pile on a goalkeeper for making a passing error when he's been pressured, to, you know, to be to build from the back. And I think I think it's tough. I think I think it's tough for them. I think there's a lot of pressure to to play, but I think Sanchez can play. One of those a mistake when we spoke about it afterwards. You know, yeah, did you really expect a goalkeeper to go for a whole season and that not happen? It's just impossible. I, no, I, just, exactly. I, I, think, I think Sanchez, you know, my overall opinion on Sanchez is that he's, he's just a, a placeholder in goal for us. If we're going to be a top team, we need a better goalkeeper than Robert Sanchez. And that's just, you know, facts. He's better than, he's better than Kepa. That's the best thing I can say about him. I think he's given. I mean, I think you've got to look at like is this passing out from the back again? A lot of talking there, athletic about this. Like, does passing from the back outweigh? Does it do the positives outweigh the negatives in terms of the goals you give away and things like that? In terms of the build up, and that's hard to as a metric to 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 decipher, I suppose. But that's that's kind of what we're going to have to talk about when we talk about all these mistakes, etc. I think we, we had no option on on Saturday apart from to play out from the back because there's no point hoofing up to Mudrick and Sterling and, yeah, and Palmer. Sorry. And uh, Gallagher is there. They're not going to win any headers against Gabriel and Saliba. So yeah. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're sort of stuck in the style of our team. Obviously different if you bring Jackson on, but even he's not very good in the air. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, I think look, we see lots of, you know, Allison's making mistakes when he's playing. That's always highlighted because they tend to lead to goals. There's a lot of good stuff Sanchez did in the game as well to help us beat the press. So he comes and goes. Obviously, he was... You know his pass to Madrid let us out to get the penalty that was awarded for us for the for the first goal, but no one wants to talk about that. Yeah, I agree, and I think I think to pile on him is tough. I think he's had a good season, and you know he's kept quite a few clean sheets. Maybe only three and eleven, but I think he's been. I don't think he's been a fault for many goals other than that one. Um, I think they've been I think a little bit harsh on him. It's quite a close to goal that Trossard one. I think that obviously was more Malagusta's fault than than Sanchez's personally, but um, yeah. I'm fairly happy if in between the sticks going forward. Touch wood. Do we have anyone else for the freezer? Well, I'm I just mean, gonna I'm, I'm gonna do a non-football one again. It's it's the it's the Arsenal fans again. They're they're in the freezer from last time with the Mudrick uh, laser pen. I don't know if you remember that. They I I've got a few Arsenal mates and they just couldn't admit that we played well. They were like, oh yeah, you got lucky with the the, the penalty and uh, decision and it was a fluke goal, which is fair enough, but. They just cannot understand that we've actually matched them. And, you know, they were like wildly celebrating at the end versus what they call mid-table club on, online and things like that. And uh didn't seem like a mid-table club the way you were mentality. It sounded like you had the mid-table mentality, the way you snatched a, a draw. And, yeah, they just got a lot for saving themselves, uh, considering they've only got, like, you know, one good season under their belt in about 10 years. So, yeah, I mean, even Arteta was gracious in his presser afterwards and said that Chelsea are going to be a top team soon. So... Just a little bit of a respect would have been nice, but you don't get that from that lot. So, yeah, they're in the freezer for me. I thought you were putting them in the freezer because we, we didn't hear them. They didn't make your peak. Yeah, there you go. For 80 minutes, so, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's, they're in the freezer. Maybe their own little special freezer. Quite a big one, I suppose, as a lot of Arsenal fans in the world. But, yeah, their own little uh, country of a freezer. And they love coming to Chelsea and celebrating draws. Their legacy. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. I, I did want to mention one other player. I appreciate it. I've already been. Unless you have one, Craig. No, I mean, I, I thought everyone else had a pretty good game and I, I don't think i put anyone else in the free. Is it Axel Dezassi didn't even play? <laughs> no, another game we had no tackles, no interceptions and no blocks. No, yeah. Um, yeah. I put. I was going to put Gusto. If Sanchez had made a mistake, I think Gusto would have gone in. I thought he was poor um, for most of the game, actually. And I don't know why he was still on at the end. Um, I thought James would have come on for him. I think that would have made much more sense. 
Um, I don't know why he wasn't uh, taken off. He was struggling quite a bit. Um, and he was he was at fault for the goal as much as anyone. He was just sort of daydreaming, um, not keeping the line, not being aware of who's behind him, not getting in the right position. You know, at that point, you don't need to play offside when you're five yards from your goal. You just move into position and clear the ball. And if I think if that was Rhys James, I don't think it would have gone in. And I, he was on the pitch, but he was, for some reason, playing right wing forward. So... Yeah, I mean, I think they, they they wanted to take. It looks like they wanted to take Palmer and Sterling off, right? And there's no one else attacking wise to bring on. They brought Madueke on, but no one else on the bench to bring him on. I guess, you, um, yeah. I mean, there is no one else, right? Uh, da- well, David, if you're playing Reese Chambers David, at right David wing, Washington. I think you can play anyone, can't you? Sorry, the David Washington's the only attacking sub on the bench, is what I mean. If if you if Sterling and Palmer are tired or whatever, it's five minutes left in the game and we're two one up. Um, there's no one else to bring. There's not two attackers on the bench, right? Madweke and there's no one else. So, um, yeah, you I don't need to bring on an attacker. You just need to bring someone on. And I think Rhys James at right back, defensively, is much more critical at that point in the game. Two one when we're, I felt we were under it. Um, to be honest with you, I think it was just a mistake. And they were you both would have swapped on... Gusto and James. You mean you would have played hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah, right. Yeah. No, sorry. If you remember the preseason game against Brighton, um, their first goal. Exactly the same thing happened. Cross the ball in from the left. I think it was a free kick. Gusto's gone missing. Guy beats him to the header and Welbeck scores. So, you know, I don't know. I, if Arsenal crossing the ball and they got a bit of height, I probably would have put Rhys James there rather than Gusto. Gusto's quite small as well. But that's just me. I just think, I don't think for the goal, Rhys James, because I think it was a kind of one where, you know, I'm not sure if Rhys James would have been completely switched on as well after being like such a long time out and. Yeah, I think it was a bit unlucky as well because you know we bought the subs on and then we considered the goal. It's just a had a few bits of luck like that where it's just you know I'm not making excuses for the team, but I don't think Poch's subs were great, and I, I'm concerned that Maliweke is not getting minutes. But yeah, I, yeah, I think you just I agree that you should just do like for like. If Palmer comes off for me, it should be Maliweke coming on personally. Um, I don't like it. Was Maliweke coming on for Palmer? Yeah. We just didn't have any other attacking subs to bring on for Sterling. Yeah. Okay. Well, Martin was on the bench. He could come on, obviously. He is a defender as well. I think I'd rather have James on the pitch than Martin, personally. And also, Dezazi and Badia Shaw were on the bench, who could have, again, height. Dezoza didn't come on. He was an attacker. Um, David? I didn't see David Washington on the bench. <laughs> That's who it is. David Dezoza is David Washington. Oh, the sorry, yeah. Um, and Uga Chukwu. He's, he's got many names. Many names, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It the subs were a bit bizarre, and Madawaki came on. I thought he was very poor as well. I, he was again. I don't know what he was doing for the goal. He ran. For some reason he decided to almost run past Saka towards Kukurea. It was a very strange decision. Saka's left-footed. Someone should have told him. Maybe. Right. Let's go to warming up. Uh, Got to be Mark Kukurea for me. But he was. He did really well against Saka. Really aggressive, like his style. Thought he was good for the um, for the majority of the game. Actually, um, thought he was really good. Thought he worked really well um, on the left. I quite like his style with passing. I think he's much better as a left back. Don't rate him as a left centre back. That before, and the left wing back. Don't think he's that good. I think left backs where he's where he's positive. The way we played, I think the opponent suited him because he had a good player up against him, and I think that's his style. He's kind of like Rudiger in that way. He's very like, you know, doesn't give you half a yard when when he's there. Um, and I thought he was really good. I thought he was excellent. Yeah, he was fantastic. I mean, he was absolutely on Bakai Saka. It was absolutely brilliant to watch, actually, because that's exactly what you want as a fan when you're thinking about Chelsea, you know, home to Arsenal, underdogs in the game. Get stuck into him. Get on him put some pressure on him. You know, Saka's coming off the back of a an injury. You know, he's definitely not 100% fit. Um, get on him, you know, try and try and try and make him make a mistake early. And yeah, so many times he was right on his back and one possession or pressured him to, to making a bad pass or just very, very impressive. And look, Mark Kukurea has sort of semi-turned his uh, Chelsea career around already after being written off in that, the end of last season, looking like, you know, a very poor player under Potter and Lampard. Then comes in with preseason and makes a mistake in one of the preseason games. I can't remember which one it was. Um, 
yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle. And, and, and looked really bad in that game. And sort of that was it for him. You know, we haven't seen him since then, basically. He played um, in the Carabao Cup game. He was awful in that game as well. Against I mean, Wimbledon. after the Wimbledon game, I think we were calling him an Uber to go to Manchester. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually that, see that. I think that was the vibe. So I, do, I missed that Wimbledon game. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, for him to come in and, and play right back when, when Gusto was suspended um, and, and look as good as he has and then switch to left back. I think when we saw the team on... Saturday, we were we were a little bit apprehensive, I think, to say the least, about Gusto and Kukurea up against Martinelli and Saka. But I tell you what, they did a really good job, both of them, in in that defensive regard, especially Kukurea. So yeah, very very impressed with him, and and fair play to him. Yeah, I think Gary Neville said he was impressed with, um, and obviously he was a fullback as well. So he's often like kind of the fullback club, and he like he was talking about Gusto and Kukurea playing playing pretty well, especially Kukurea. I mean. He stuck it on Saka early, didn't he? And he left the mark. No, no pun intended. I mean, yeah, like Craig said, he uh, he set the tone early, and like you said, Saka isn't a hundred percent at the moment, and it was like raining and a bit miserable when you're away. He just didn't make it comfortable for one of the, you know. Although he got the assist at the end, fair enough. We he basically like him, and I mean, he didn't really have much of a kick. He was getting kicked, Saka, but he didn't really have much of a kick himself. So yeah, I mean, like I said last week, it's just a definition of fair play. I mean, you're not. I think when you're looking at it, again, from a sort of a helicopter view or, you know, like kind of looking at transfer policy, one of Chilwell, Martson and Kukurei is going to have to leave the club in the next 18 months. It's just it's just the way it work. I mean, you can't have all three players. So Potch just got to decide. He just got to decide whether um, he wants to keep Martson for the long term or kind of a, slight, a more experienced Kukurei if he improves. So, yeah, I mean, if we get the Brighton Kukurei, that would be great. But... Um, We'll have to wait and see. I think he, I think he, uh, Liam Tooney on the Straight Out podcast, uh, podcast said he does blow a bit hot and cold. I think he got um, the the guy who scored. I can't remember his name for Burnley. Um, Odebear, I think it was, uh, scored against. Uh, he, and he had a bit of a torrid time against, against him at right back. But obviously that's a right back. But he can blow a little bit hot and cold of his performances. And in a young team, that's as kind of one of the older members of a younger team. That's not great. But at the moment he's doing well, and Chilwell's out till. Well, God knows when. So, and Martson, he doesn't seem to think want to play at left back. So, at the moment, I think Kukurea and and Cole will be playing at left back for for the medium term at least. Yeah, I mean, it'll be yeah. interesting to see how they they set up um, now if they want to go back to this system where we're playing Colwell at left back, or whether we want to keep this with Kukurea and the full, both fullbacks pushing up high. Obviously, Reese James will probably be back in in the next game against Brentford, and if not, the, the game after that. So. Yeah, the fullback situation is is interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how Posh sort of dissects that. Yeah, but he's really going to have to just choose Kukurea or Dezazi, or he's going to have to choose wherever he wants to put Colwell at left back and have Reese um, James bomb, bombing forward. I think because obviously he's got that fixed left back, mainly be Colwell, and then James would be bomb, bombing forward or the other way around. So yeah, I mean it'd be interesting. I mean even with Chilwell's back, what, there was a kind of question on the Athletic today. Uh, you know. Of a Q and A, like you know, when uh, Chilwell comes back, will James and Chilwell's like uh, role evolve? Because it seems to be like like Pep does a little bit, like uh, um, Arteta does with Jinchenko. You have this fixed left back who maybe inverts or fixed fullback, fullback anyway, and you have the other one bombing on. So maybe the days of Chilwell and James bombing down the wing, unless we change into a more two call three four three system, is kind of over. I think that maybe there's a little bit of a switch of uh, priority at the moment. Yeah, Kukurea played very, very defensively. He played exactly, basically, yeah. how Colwell played yeah. um, when we have him. Yeah. I, think that's, I think that's why, you know, you're saying he blows hot and cold. I think he's just a defender, Kukurea. You know, and I think I now start to think this about Gusto. And, you know, the system itself doesn't suit them if we want to be attacking. And I think if we're going to play players with good wingers, obviously, Rhys James will probably play down the right, but... Kukurea, when he's just defending and he's there at left back, I think he's good. Um, but unfortunately, in a lot of games, we're expecting to go forward. And if you, you know, as I said, with the structure of the team, you've got three people in midfield who aren't that attacking and that quick. And you're not, he's not his strength to get forward and actually not where he is very good, I don't think. Then it's going to feel like a little bit of an imbalance. And that's again how I felt watching the game. We never really like got a load of people forward and people would be like, well, that's because we're worried about Arsenal. But, you know, I'd like to see people be a little bit worried about us. But I think with the players that were selected, Kukure, he's just suited to be a bit more defensive and Gusto was... And they were good, but they were back. But then when we got the ball in high areas, we were quite limited and I thought Mudrick and Sterling did really, really well. 
Um, but when they went off, you could really feel the the change. We weren't as um, progressive. Um, well, we switched to four two three one. It looks like when they went off anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah, uh, I think that gave us a bit more control in the game. But yeah, obviously the result didn't didn't end up panning out exactly. My warming up is Cole Palmer. I think he was potentially warming up in the last game. Um, so I don't know if I can do the the dual warming up, but I just think he's just been brilliant. Um, and I wanted to reserve the the um, boiling hot for someone else. So I'm going to stick Cole Palmer in this. I think one of my favourite parts of the game was when we got awarded the penalty by VAR and Raheem Sterling and Cole Palmer were sort of had the ball together in both both hands and even though it took Enzo I think Sterling looked at Enzo and Enzo pointed at, at Palmer to to actually award, give the penalty to to Palmer I still love the, the 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 demeanor and the grabbing of the ball from Palmer he just feels like he doesn't feel like a, a 20 year old kid or 21 year old kid that's just signed for Chelsea he kind of feels a lot more confident and established already and it's kind of crazy to think that he he was signed as potentially you know a, you know a squad option or you know someone a young player with potential and already i think he's he's molding himself into one of the most important players in our team i mean i'll be honest i think you've done it for me he was boiling hot i think he's the best player on the pitch i think you know he's going to need like a fire proximity suit the amount of times he's been boiling hot this week he's going to need porcelain skin i mean He's a he's a human through ball. He just he, he's so good. He's silky. He's well he's well trained as well. He can cut inside. In this game, they played a four 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 two, and he pressed. He's an excellent presser of the ball. Nearly got another. You know, he created that goal for uh, Brozier against Fulham. If you remember, nearly only thing he should have scored in the second half uh, when he um, just possessed a very good presser of the ball. Just you know, lots of stats. Twenty. What the stat line found really impressive: twenty-four out of twenty-five accurate passes, ninety-six percent. And he's not doing Yakukareya passing it to the side. He's like, there was a fantastic through ball. I think uh, I can't remember. I think it was the Sterling in the first first fifteen minutes. Just absolutely like slotted it through three or four players. So calm. Again, a massive moment for him. You've got to remember, like that's his first goal. That's Stamford Bridge. Like to to also like to in that penalty penalty uh, context as well. The the rain's lashing down in front of the shed end, in front of you boys, and yeah. I think he's just brilliant, and you know he's he's my boy. I mean, Craig's warming up, but he's my boarding heart. I think he's just, I think he's a former attacker at the club, probably one of the form players at the club. And um, forty million replacing him for Havertz is looking like a steal at the moment. Do you think yeah. that um, Pep Guardiola and Man City's board are thinking? Are we what have we given Chelsea here? Do you, do you think they're thinking? Yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, but they they very much have a policy. If you want to go, you should go. I mean, even with Bernardo Silva, they've done that. And even even if you look at Gundogan, I mean, Gundogan was incredible for them last season. I think they're missing him this season. And I think you know Kovacic, bless him. I don't think I think they're a bit of a downgrade getting covering the Gundogan in that role. And but they do have a policy of letting players go. But yeah, I think there'll be a little bit of like, oh, who have we let go here? Especially when they let Mares go in the same summer. Yeah, I think so. I think he's an excellent player. Um, you can just tell he's good. First touch, you know, when he came in his first game, he's just really good on the ball. Really exciting player, great vision, good passing. I agree with Brady, I had him as boiling hot. Um, I think he's been excellent the last couple of weeks. And yeah, I'm really glad that he got the he took the penalty. I thought he was um, really calm, cool, calm, cold. And Did you feel celebration like as well. Oh. Nice, uh, nice cool sliding in as well, right? Huh? Did you feel like he was going to score? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't feel like he was going to miss. Uh, like, I, I didn't feel nervous that he, he was going to, like, um, do one of those, like, sort of, you know, soft penalties. I think he was, he just comes across like someone who, he seems quite smart. He seems quite um, switched on. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy watching him play. I'm not sure if you know this. He's got an unbelievable record at youth level for penalties. I think he's got six out of six or something like that. Like, and a lot of high stakes penalties in big tournaments. So I think he's, I think he's known as a very good penalty taker. He's probably got some bonus in his contract to score goals. And he's like, well, <laughs> when I'm that money, <laughs> when I'm watching the penalties, I'm not looking at them thinking they're like unreal penalties. Like when I watch Harry Kane take a penalty, I, I'm looking at that and thinking, wow, you know, Alan Shearer used to take incredible penalties as well. And, you know, I'm not looking at them thinking, wow, you know, what a penalty. But yeah, obviously very cool and composed. And yeah, 
decent. Mate, decent. Only, look at Hazard. He would just roll it in the middle part of the goal. Yeah, but he, he had a very unique technique. I think, not, I, think, I think he's similar, Cole Palmer. Yeah, he, he definitely against Burnley. He had a little stutter and he looked and then he went. So I think he's very cool and like, he, he's decisive. And um, if you put it in the bottom corner, uh, you know, at a certain velocity, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be going in. So, yeah, I mean, and, and to be honest, again, about David Raya, I mean, can't see David Raya being a very intimidating presence in the goal either. I think Ramsdale would be, be way more worried about in goal, saving a penalty. So, yeah, I think that helped as well. Yeah, I'm just one so happy. Thing to, one thing to note about Palmer is uh, finished the game with 96% pass accuracy. He only misplaced yeah. one pass the whole game. And I said that earlier. I mean, and they're not, they're not like, you know, silver... Sort of like a you know a silver to Jazazi or a silver to Cole Wheel back again. Every he's, he's progressive. He's always looking for a through ball or uh, through the lines, flick around the corner. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think he's really good and he's he's our creative outlet at the moment. He's kind of our road guard at the moment a little bit to be honest. Yeah, he's a, he's a back of the shirt candidate I think as well, Cole Palmer. I really do think Ooh. that. I think Ooh. he's uh, I think he's going to be up there as Chelsea fans. You know this what season as a popular. Oh, the, the mint green, I think. Got to be. Yeah, it's nice, that one. I do like Pre- Premier experience. I mean, I know he didn't have much Premier experience for City. I, don't, I think I think, he, I think he was actually his first Premier League goal was for us. So he scored a lot of his goals in the Cups. Um, he scored in the uh, Charity Shield at the start of the season. But Premier experience and coming from like a dresser, higher stakes dressing room, you know, obviously he's a Champions League winner. He's a league winner already. Obviously, uh, you know, not, not really getting many minutes. But yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. It's huge. And, and, you know, getting a young player... Who's come from a let's say you know like a more successful club than us at the moment, or a, a better a better team? It's it's it's, it's no mean feat, and um, he's very cool as well. He's like you know he's got that Manchester vibe, not really too bothered, kind of water off a duck's back sort of thing. And providing he can stay fit, I think he can definitely get 10, 15 league goals this year. Um, yeah, I think he might even push for like top like top goal and assist machine. I think he's got a lot going on. Well, our penalty taker is usually our top goal scorer, so yeah, yeah, well. That's why you put like a tackle on pens. That's why you took. A, that's why you put a tackle on pens. It breeds confidence, you know. So you guys are boiling hot, Palmer. Fair enough. Obviously, my boiling hot will probably be one of your guys warming up. Who have you got for warming up? Oh uh, well, my one's left. Um, I'm not sure if we're going boiling hot. I'm going to go warming up. It's my highlight, Mudrick, for me. I mean, he didn't have his game. The game itself wasn't amazing. Bit. I just think the moment of getting that goal. I don't think he meant it by any means. Stretch your imagination. And I think he said that he meant it. He came out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you watch it, he has a little look. He has a little look, and Tony Jimenez said that Ray was off and off his line. So, I mean, the narrative will say that he meant it. And if if you looked at it without the context, you might think he actually meant it. And if he meant it, I mean, what a goal! Um, I think he but... said that he was aim. I think he was kind of suggesting that he, you know, because Sterling was at the back post, he was aiming for that area. Yeah. And you know, hoping it might go in or or Sterling. Go it wasn't like, I don't know if you know Jesper Gronkars from years ago, where he's obviously yeah, like yeah. It's obviously like not the same. That was compared to the Chelsea website. Was that Monaco? Was that Monaco? No, that was a home somewhere, but that was obviously just an absolute fluke. Oh, yeah, I, think ta- I think it was home to Monaco, maybe. Yeah. Was it? Oh, was it? I might be. Um, or was it? But, um, yeah, maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, I just think you know what goes around comes around a little bit, and the Arsenal fans are giving absolute stick, putting laser pens in his eyes. And you know what? It was a it was a Greek tragedy that we didn't win the game. Him being you know the clutch or the winner in the game, but yeah, it was a huge moment for him, and he just stood there and soaked in the uh, the love from the fans. And he's got two goals now. I mean, if you look at the look at the attack in general, they're starting to warm up a bit. You go, you got you got Jackson with three, Sterling with three, Palmer with two, Mudrick with two. And they're not great numbers, but it's starting to tick over, chipping in. So they're chipping in, and we're gonna, you know, it's going to be chipping FC this year. We're not, like I said, we're, we're not going to have a twenty goal season. It's going to be your ten, your twelve, your thirteen. Try and get to like you know seventy goals, something like that. So if they can chip in, if Madrid can get ten goals this season or something like that, twelve goals in the league, that's going to be fine. Uh, obviously, we've got Nkunku to come back as well. Hopefully, Madueke and uh, can chip in as well. So yeah, it's going to be. I just think it was a great moment for him, and um, there was a lot of talk on a lot of podcasts as well. You know, his defensive work is looking better. He's pressing a bit better. He's tackling a bit better, positionally better, and I think that's you know he's listening to Poch, so he's not he's not this kind of like raw animal. When he, uh, every week that goes by, I think he looks less raw, more accomplished, more settled in the league. And we know about his raw attributes, but I mean even the pace for the goal. I mean he was about thirty yards behind Gallagher, and he just like flew by him. And and although it was an easy fifth for Connor just to give it down the line, you know we re- he really breaks with real enthusiasm into the box into the final third and. 
I just thought it was a good moment for him, and I really hope he can, uh, uh, you know, move, uh, kind of um, move on from this, and uh, well, move on from the whole Arsenal saga now, and kind of uh, kick his Chelsea career on. I just want to give a mention to someone as well in warming up, um, Thiago Silva. I thought yeah. had a really, really good game, um, really important moments in the game as well. I don't think it will show up on the on the analytics sheets because um, you know he gave a few passes away and he got a yellow card um, in a for a poor foul, really. Um, but I thought he was brilliant overall. Some some key key tackles. There's one on the right hand side defending against Martinelli, where he's one on one. If he gets beaten there, we're in big big trouble. He made a fantastic tackle and just aerially fantastic as well. Just he's just a brilliant player, and sometimes he really stands out as a, as a class above at his age. It's just fantastic to watch. So I wanted to give a shout to Thiago Silva because I think a few fans are saying that maybe. By the time we get our best team out, he might not be in it, but I don't know about that. I really don't know. He's, he's created a real headache. I mean, he's, he's created a real headache with Poch because, I mean, we, you've got Ben Marbelli-Shu, I've, I've said before, I think he's one of the best young, young centre-backs in Europe, potentially. And you've got Paul who's locked in a team. There's Assi, who, you know, I and most people like you boys don't seem to like him. But he's, you know, again, Brentford's coming up. I could talk about this in the preview. Does Assi be handy against Brentford because they're very airily adept and we need maybe need Dassey for that sort of... Um, Aerial, aerial threat and dealing with that. So, yeah, it's a real headache because all that. Even if you play Cole Wheel left back, you're gonna to have to choose between Dzasi, um, Badia Shield when he's fit, and Silver. So, I mean, I think the plan was. I mean, you know, every Chelsea commentator said this. No, it wasn't the plan for Thiago Silva to play all these games already. He's supposed to be rotated in and out. Kind of. I think he's, you know, his last season for Chelsea. I think you would say. And yeah, I mean, he just he just refuses to back down. So, um, yeah, just. Refuses to be dropped, refuses to be out of the team. I, I personally think, looking at the Reese James captaincy, I think he should be captain. I'll be honest. Like I think with Reese James, he's going to be in the out of the team. If he could speak English, so yeah, I think he definitely would be. But I think I still would have even made him captain personally. But he can't um, even speak to the refs. Like he can't, he can't do anything. Like he, can, he literally can't speak English. Well, Reese James can't speak to the ref from the from the injury the, the bench. But anyway, but like, <laughs> you know, Con- but, Connor Gallagher's the captain now. They, yeah, they haven't even yeah. made him the captain now, so I think that's. Yeah, I, I get it. I just think okay, if you speak English, it'd be a bit better. But I think you know, I think maybe they should made him vice captain or something. But anyway, um, maybe the same argument. But I just think he's a real leader, talisman for the club, bit of a Chelsea legend, even though they're a short time at the club and. Um, yeah, just you, you can't. The plaudits are just numerous for him, really. So and just keeps going and going, man. Yeah, and and you can be a leader on the pitch without the armband on. And I think he has been that for us this season. He's been he's been brilliant. Who have you got for boiling hot, Craig? My boiling hot is Connor Gallagher. Yes, yes, about time. I think come round. I thought he was absolutely brilliant in this in this role, um, and it's kind of a, a a bit of a it's come full circle because. We, we were critical of Lampard playing him sort of semi in this role really against Real Madrid where they sort of relied on his pressing up at, at the high end of the pitch and um, you know playing basically that link between midfield and striker but also when we're defending he's basically playing as one of the highest men forward with Palmer um, so yeah I mean I, I just I, I really can't believe his turnaround this season from where he we were thinking if, when that season finished and we were sort of doing our transfer reviews and, and looking at the players that could be gone, I don't think any of us would have been fussed about Gallagher leaving. I don't think we would have said a word. 30 million, whatever, you know, just he's not good enough maybe to play for us. I think we, we might have even said that. But I think watching him now, he's such an important player for us. Not only just the energy that he brings, but he, he, he's improving every aspect of his game as well. Um, even his passing. So yeah, I, I just think He's an important player for us. He's he's our captain as well at the moment, which uh, is is being underlooked. I think he does a good job of that as well. I I, I was I was loving the fact that when that handball um, didn't get given, the the players were sort of surrounding the ref a bit as well. Yeah, we haven't had that. We haven't had that under Potter uh, last season or whatever. That intensity in games, we're trying to put pressure on the ref to to give a decision. So yeah, I just think he 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 sort of is bringing everything together. Um, in the team and yeah I thought he was brilliant and I thought he was man of the match on, on Saturday and I know Cole Palmer had a really good game as well but I, w- I would have given it to Connor Yeah I mean I'm, I'm the main thing again from the Athletic is just that you know he, he doesn't look out of place or a liability in a high possession team you, you know he's got the boundless energy he's got the, the high turnover rate 
he's got I think he's got quite a bit of tactical intelligence, so I think he's very well drilled as a player. Um, I just think you say the ball at his feet would be the issue, but he isn't looking really out of place. I mean, I like him to take a few more shots and uh, maybe, but he's got a couple of assists now. He got, I mean, he got an assist on Saturday. Obviously, not a great assist, but he got a good assist uh, for Sterling in the um, Burnley game. So yeah, I mean, he's just. I'm glad that somebody's actually put him in boiling hot because every week it feels like he should be boiling hot, and it's kind of like, oh, we'll do, we'll do the kind of more hipster, more fashionable players. But he's just captain. I mean, four words. Just get hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I had him in boiling hot. Oh, did you? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's kind of like if, if, if it's taken a while for Chelsea fans to come around. I think. I, I agree. I, I agree. The, the guy that sits next to us, he's in he absolutely he doesn't rate Gallagher at all. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's come up. Uh, the, the people are slowly coming around. People, you know, they, they, they take a while to lose their narratives and their, their kind of um, beliefs. And like, you know, we were exactly, we were thinking 40, 50 million, you know, immortalization. In terms Sam, of, you know? Yeah, well, that, well, yeah, of course, West Ham player and a Fulham player last season. And look, he looked a bit like that. And on the ball, sometimes he does look a bit like that occasionally. Um, but, you know, we haven't got quite got quite the Crystal Palace kind of Gallagher because he's not really getting the goals. But he's just doing such an in- integral uh, job for the team in that midfield three. And, you know, there's been plurals all over the shop all week, like Sky, The Athletic, across podcasts about this midfield three. And he's a massive part of it. And, um, yeah, I mean, just get the contract done. I don't think there's ever been a player in recently in Chelsea history deserves a new contract more. We throw around contracts so many, so many times. The players don't really deserve it, or they're angling for a contract, obviously, or they're playing for the contract and they're at the end, and then when they get it, they kind of switch off again. If he signs a new contract, he's not going to be like, "All oh, right, yeah, I'm getting paid more. I'm just not going to try anymore." He's going to, like, it's going to feel even more secure, you know. So yeah, I just think you have to have him staying at the club and. Um, Chris, I know sometimes you call him like a good problem a little bit, but um, in terms of like, you know, having him in a team tactically, maybe, you know, you can't have like some other players in the team, but I think at the moment he's undroppable and yeah, he's a captain. So, yeah. Well, I think the, 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 it is a, is, I, I agree. The thing that we need to understand this season is how we're going to play. And if we're going to play with Gallagher, Enzo and Caicedo or, or Lavia, then we need to, you know, build around that team. You know, the right people then to get, like I said, have, have flying wingbacks, um, which you might have with James and Chilwell if they, if they were ever fit consistently. Um, but then if he, if, he's, if he goes off it now, Gallagher, say he drops off, now you, you can have an option to have someone in there who's a bit more attacking, maybe like Chukwemenka, who, who can drive with the ball, who can actually take us forward and, and beat people with his pace and skill. And that brings some other people into play who actually might benefit from that. So maybe Jackson benefits from that a lot more um, and, and maybe Sterling. Um, so I don't know, as I said, it's, it's still lots going on with this team. It doesn't quite feel balanced yet. There's just a lot of good performances from individuals. But as I said... As I keep saying, as a team, it's just not it's not there yet fully. And I think he's so um and a bit like Kukurea as well. Um it's just a bit of a troubling it's great performances and that's a headaches for Poch, which you know, it's for him to solve, I guess. I mean, there's going to be clubs like a bit like Trevor Chalabra, there's gonna be clubs like circling around him in January. I mean I think Tottenham are gonna come in for a bid again. Would you give him a new contract now or would you just sell him in January? Because that's basically what's going to have to happen. I think I like the idea of having four good midfielders. Um, so I, I would probably... I keep him. I always think... I said this about Mason Mount as well. You get a little bit extra with someone like Gallagher playing for Chelsea. Um, and I think his work rate for me is always... The fact he's put a little bit more quality around that just makes him a really fantastic player. And I think he's... You have, I think to, keep, he's you have to keep him... You yeah. have to keep him. You know, why would you sell him now? He's he's excelling. He's well, you sell him because of if 50, the club are looking at it from a hierarchy standpoint. You get fifty million in the books right now. That's why. I'm not saying you should, but that's the argument. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I I just think I would give Posh the the keys to the squad. You know, in terms of his evaluation of of how he wants to play, and and I think Conor uh, Conor Gallagher is a very important player to him right now. So I, I don't see a way that he he can let him go. But yeah, I, I would just give posh the, the ability to make that decision yeah I think it'll be on it's on the board though obviously to approach to approach him for a new contract but I guess hopefully posh gives him a bit of a nudge to do so 
All right, well, that concludes the temperatures. Um, we'll have a quick drop-in on Fancy Premier League. How's Stuck in the Mudrick getting on? Stuck in the Mudrick is second place. These guys are all uh, all chasing me apart from Rommel. So, um, yeah, 95 points this week. Caught up 39 points. We're only five points off the top. Um, Jake Barlow in third. Kai Mason in fourth. And Jamie Elwood in fifth. That rounds out the top five. And Rommel Waite in first place with 590 points. So, yeah, um, we're all catching. We're all trying to catch him, but five points behind. I feel good coming into this week. I think I made some good decisions with my wild card trying to get uh, Spurs players in, knowing that they've got some good fixtures. And, yeah, unfortunately, Chris, you're still... Uh, you, you've climbed one spot, actually, into uh, 22nd place out of 24. So <laughs> two, two off the bottom, 429 points. You're looking at, uh, you know, 160 points behind top spot. How are you feeling? Feel good. Feel like it's important not to not to panic, stay calm, not getting any points deductions. So it's important to... Uh... Well, Chris, I mean, I'm not being funny. I've got to call you out here. You've had Nick, you had Nick Jackson on the bench this week and you had Anana from Everton playing. I mean, come on, mate. What's going on with that? Well, um, I think Anana was very unlucky not to score in the game. <laughs> So he, he probably should have scored. At Liverpool away, mate. Come on, sort sort it out. Come on, mate. Do you not did you not do your team or something? Unbelievable. Is this the words is the words from mid table? James James C R Brady. That's me. Well, I mean mid table's <laughs> better than a relegation battle. So uh and I'm wild card I'm I'm wild carding this week. So uh yeah, I'm pushing for the top five. I'm like Chelsea, you know. The the, uh, I've been mid table, but the stats say I should be higher, as always. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm always a very average FPL player. So I'm right in the middle of there. We've got a 24 man league and uh, got, uh, I'm in 10th, so that's about right, really. Yeah. We polarise the league, don't we? We've got a, we've got, you know, it, it'd be Sky Games for all of us. We've got a relegation battle, mid tablers, and then top of the table. We've spread the league. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying life. Covering, all, covering all bases. <laughs> All right, well, um, good luck going into um, next weekend's fixtures for everyone playing along with us on Fantasy. Um, Chelsea at home to Brentford, so uh, feel free to captain Nick Jackson. You've got to play him first. (laughs) This week. Um, Cool, well, that's all we've got time for today. Um, There'll be a Brentford preview coming out um, later in the week and before the game. And we will return otherwise next week after the game to give our thoughts. For more updates on all things ESCR, you can follow us on X at Eat Sleep Chelsea and Instagram at Eat Sleep Chelsea Repeat. And as always, we hope you're carefree wherever you may be. And thanks for listening. <laughs>